self-work, man, it is not easy. And, and so, you know, I encourage folks to embrace that dirty work, you know, because when you do the, the work in the background, the, the dirty work, the stuff to get your fingernails all dirty and all that, when you're doing that work and then, you know, you start to see uh, the payoff, you know, people see, you know, the changes. People can tell that they don't get under your skin the same way that they used to. So, you know, it's um <laughs> it's a beautiful All right, party people, what's going on? It is your boy, John M. Singletary Sr., here with another episode of the Help Myself Podcast. And you know what it is, man. I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And it is definitely my desire to bring all of you along with me. I want us all to to be our absolute best versions of ourselves, um, doing the work. Let me tell you something. Uh, we, we talk about wanting to be the best version of ourselves, but it takes work. I, I um, did a social media post about shadow work, and I think even I was, uh, I don't want to say disappointed. That's a strong word, but I really don't think that I really adequately conveyed how deep it is with the shadow work, doing the dirty work, getting down deep, confronting the ugliest parts of yourselves. You know, um, one of the things, you know, when we talk about shadow work, you know, I think about myself and there's a lot of things about me that I think people have a, a false belief that I'm not aware of some of my problematic traits, but I'm I'm, I'm very aware, you know, and, and there's that work, you know, and, and look, let's, let's be realistic about it. Uh, for any of my fellow folks on a journey, my fellow light workers, my fellow um, encouragers, inspirers, my empaths that feel everything, you know, all of us that are out on a journey, I want to be honest with you. There's just times when, um, there's a part of the work that is valuing yourself, protecting your energy, uh, understanding your limits, because when you are doing this work, when you are about the business of making yourself better, people will seriously despise your boundaries. And my boundaries are extremely important. They get more important um, one of the things that I really, 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 you know, I think it's, it's important that people understand about me specifically is that I'm a primary caregiver. You know, my son has special needs. I'm a single parent. And, uh, you know, shout out to people that that, that really encourage me and, and, you know, talk about it. I don't, I don't see our journey as hard. It, it just is. I'm just... I think it's it's ingenious 
or disingenuous to say I'm built this way. But I will say I've gotten to a point in my life where my perspective is this is what it is. So I'm not going to do all this complaining and whining about it. Hey, what what we got to do? Let's get let's get that work in, you know. So I don't look at at our life specifically. I, I think it's such a blessing. My son is such a joy, and uh, he's my co-pilot. So like so many of you enjoy when he jumps in. Uh, we'll definitely be hearing from him this season, you know. But he's a uh, you know he's a big teenager now, man. Sometimes he want to go in there and sleep, and I ain't mad at it because man. I would be asleep right now if I didn't have stuff to do. But, you know, understanding the boundaries. And I think it's not so much that that people are bad or you're a bad person, but sometimes we believe that we can just pull out of some magical vault of energy and do things that, that uh, you know, we just really don't have the energy. But I tell you what, we put ourselves in a position where if we're not taking the time for ourselves, ourselves are going to take the time that they need and it's going to come at a time that's not convenient for us. So those boundaries, you know, it's, it's just, sometimes it's just some things that I just can't do. It's some conversations that I just can't have um, and not, you know, getting away from it, but it's just some stuff like, man, I, I just, I can't indulge everything. And it's not for me to indulge. Like, one of the things that I will tell you uh, that that you should probably take another look at and start to see as a compliment is when folks are genuinely upset and disappointed. Uh, and sometimes they don't use the right language or terminology to de- to describe how they're feeling. You know, so they kind of express it as being upset at you for not being available. But that is a compliment in a lack of a better term. That's a compliment in a perverse form, because basically it's them acknowledging and seeing your value and wanting to. I don't want to say take advantage, but they want to use. Uh, what you have to offer because they have a need and they see, they know that what you have to offer can fill that need. And so sometimes your not being available to them will cause them to feel some kind of way. And, uh, but that, that is a compliment in a perverse form, but you know, for, for getting to that next level, that work, man, I tell you that shadow work and, and all of the things that you have to do in the background, it's not easy. It's not easy dealing with your emotions, dealing with your triggers. Um, you know, I know that there are things that trigger me. And instead of getting to a point where I'm like, oh, well, you know, uh, I need to flush this out. Who am I going to have to cuss out because they're triggering me? You know, I had to learn like, hey, you know, this, that, and the third triggers you. You need to sit your tail down somewhere um, it, it's places that you put situations you put yourself in knowing good and well that it's a trigger and you need to start avoiding that. Like doing this, uh, doing this self work, man, it is not easy. And, and so, you know, I encourage folks to embrace that dirty work, you know, because when you do the, the work in the background, the, the dirty work, the stuff to get your fingernails all dirty and all that, when you're doing that work, 
And then, you know, you start to see uh, the payoff. You know, people see, you know, the changes. People can tell that they don't get under your skin the same way that they used to. So, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing. Like, there's just not a lot of words to describe it other than it is a beautiful thing. So keep on doing that work. I'm in the process of work. There's some changes coming up. You know, I got some things that I'll be announcing, um, you know, some initiatives, man. It's 2021. So, you know, we uh, we found our way through 2020, but now the excuses are, are gone. You know, um, 2020 tested so many of us in a way that we've never been tested before and a way that we probably won't be tested again. And, you know, we learned our lessons. Let's not even talk about, oh, who came out this way, that way. For those of us that came out in any form or fashion, you learned what lesson you need to learn. If you came out decimated, then you know where your game is really weak. And so now we need to get that game strong. And if you came out with some lessons, you know, and 2020, you know, showed you a version of yourself that you didn't even know was inside of you and you come out better for it, then you need to use that elevated knowledge to realize that uh, the thing about storms is you're always either coming out of one or going into one, but they do not stop and they do not quit. So be prepared, uh, be doing the work. And, uh, you know, this episode, I just started talking to shadow work and I went on a whole tangent. So the way I see it, we might as well just stay here. Let's let's talk about shadow work and, and the elements of shadow work. Uh, you know, when I was talking about shadow work a couple of weeks ago, I, I was talking about maybe, you know, um, I did a, a kind of a breakdown of, you know, where shadow work came from, the terminology, this, that, and the other. And so in this conversation that I've been having here for the last nine minutes, man, it's funny how time flies when you have a fun running your mouth. <laughs> but, but you know, as I was talking about the shadow work on this one, the discussion that I'm having right now with you is centered more on what, you know, the work really feels like, you know, just what it is day in and day out, doing that work day in and day out, finding those weak spots, figuring out ways to be better. Um, And, you know, I've really talked about a lot of this stuff, you know, being better. There's a lot of stuff. One of the things that uh, I've learned about myself in this time of, of doing shadow work, of getting stronger, is, you know, I've, I've learned that, man, I kind of, I'm kind of a hothead. And people that know me really well know this about me. This ain't no secret to them. But here I am sitting here like, surprise, oh, I'm a hothead. But, you know, um, so if we talk about the historical value of it, Carl Jung, uh, he said it this. He, was, he said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. That's that's strong right there. Basically, until you're willing to get in there and do the work, when things happen to you that are not favorable, 
you will blame the universe, you'll blame God, you'll blame fate, you'll blame all kind of exterior sources for things not going right in your life when you don't do the work. But so, you know what? I'm going to take that real quick. I'm going to see if I can't put it in your lap and then I'm going to close out. We're going to go to our next segment. Um, F your couch after that. But <laughs> let me see if I can put this in your lap right quick. You know, some of us have habits, self-destructive habits, mindsets, thoughts. One of the things that I discuss a lot of time is what is the inner dialogue? What What is your mind saying? You know, like uh, when, when um, it, I'll use sports, like there are times when a game is on the line, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, you know, there's a time when the bases are loaded and a pitcher needs to get up and make a pitch or when, you know, the clock is running down and the quarterback needs to make a throw, the receiver needs to make a catch, the defense needs to make a stop, or in basketball, there's a time when the game is on the line, somebody needs to hit the shot, or somebody on the other team needs to make the defensive stop. And you can tell a lot about what their dialogue is based on how they go about. Uh, Like for me, I am not a strong baseball player. I played a little baseball in middle school, got hit in the head with the ball once, and that, that was the end of my baseball career. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want that. It hurt. <laughs> that ball was moving too fast. Let's not do this. But, you know, you would be, it would be obvious in a high-pressure situation that I didn't want to smoke. Like, I didn't want to be the one trying to field anything. I didn't want to be the one... Or, you know, with basketball, like when you're trying to win, I was never a great basketball player, but for some reason, I was one of them irrational confidence guys. Like, I want the rock, man. Let me shoot this shot. I can win this game. But, like, you can see the body language in some people. Like, they are not up for it. You kind of see they nervous, and they kind of hope that it'll work out. And then for some folks, you can see it. they like, yo, I'm about to put this work in. Give it to me. And I'm going to rely on all the practice, all the shots that I was shooting in, you know, the front yard on the court down the street or whatever. They're ready. And shadow work is a lot like that. It's like some of us just go out into the world and just hope that things are going to work out. But what I love, man, it's a phrase or it was a line from the movie with Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel. Esquire, and um, he had lost his job. They had been paying him basically under the table for years. You know, he was kind of a law savant. You know, he hadn't gone so far as to uh, get his get you know on the bar. So he was basically just a law clerk. But uh, his encyclopedia knowledge was very, very, very useful. Um, and, um, so he's losing his job, you know, he don't have nothing else to do. And the young lady at the, um, you know, at the law office, she says, well, Roman, I hope things work out for you. And my man, Roman J. Israel said, hope don't get the job done. And if, if I could use anything, 
I'll tell you, that's what it is with shadow work. Hope don't get the job done. You got to do the work. You got to understand your weaknesses. You got to understand the places that you fall short. And you know what? I really believe that this is a topic that I might want to kind of park at. So we'll see how that goes. Let's talk some more about the shadow work. Let's talk some more about digging those things up so that you can live an intentional, purposeful life. Not a life filled with, I hope it works out, but a life filled with, I'm doing this work and the work is taking me in a direction that is quantifiable and qualifiable. So we're going to keep working with that. But uh, hey, kick that um, kick that transition music for me, DJ, because I'm ready to go to F your couch. Let's do it. F yo couch. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I was listening to that and I was thinking about, you know, the great news that Dave Chappelle got his name back. You know, they finally did right by him on the business side. And so Chappelle show is back on Netflix. Thought that was pretty awesome. And uh, (laughs) that's just an unrelated footnote. I just started thinking about that when I'm up here talking about F your couch. But, you know, I was going to talk about something else. um, But, you know, talking about comfort uh, being in comfort zones and what I talked about last week, I was like, you know what? I, I really want to stay in that area. Let's, let's stick with that. Let's, let's, let's kind of roll with a little bit more of the black history. So, you know, since it's black history month, um, you know, why not? I mean, I'll just stick with it for the rest of this month, which as for the dates of this podcast, that'll just be one more week. So, Bear with me one more week. Let me talk about something here real quick uh, that you might not be aware of. Bacon's Rebellion. Bacon's Rebellion. And uh, what are the dates of Bacon's Rebellion? I believe it's 1675, 76. Let me use Google. Yeah, 1675 and 1676. Yeah, I knew I was on that. Look at that. Your boy got a little knowledge there. So for all of you not familiar with Bacon's Rebellion, Bacon's Rebellion was a rebellion by slaves, uh, working class indentured indentured servants of European descent, and there were even Native Americans involved. So this was the working class rebelling against the ruling or the rich class. Um, And they were rebelling in unity uh, without regard to what would come to be the racial construct. They just knew that they were the working class and the rich folks had their foot on their necks. And uh, so that rebellion was 1675 to 1676. Uh, The rebellion was so close to being successful. Um, And it was barely thwarted by those in power, those uh, that were trying to protect the status quo. And so what happened was five years later in 1681, 
came the first introduction of the racial construct and three master races, uh, with that being uh, the Caucasian, the Negroid, and the uh, Mongolioid or Mongolian, whatever. And uh, this was the first time that we were dealing with white and black and brown people and all this other stuff. Um, prior to being divided by color the way that we started in 1681, people uh, were referred to based on their ethnic or country origin. So, you know, if you're dealing with someone um, that has a lineage from the continent of Africa, they would be spoken on from the country they came from. If they were Kenyan or they were from Ghana or, you know, they're from South Africa or, you know, they're from one of those countries, it would be their lineage. They would be called by their lineage. Same as some coming from a European or Norwegian uh, background, they would be called by, you know, their Irish or their German or Russian or, or whatever it might be. You know, and um, and even outside of the United States, it's more common to refer to somebody by their lineage than a color such as black or white. But after Bacon's Rebellion, it became important to set those differences because the ruling class needed to make the white working class folk feel as if they were genetically superior to Native Americans and the uh, enslaved Africans. And so they came up with the class of races, which has no biological, um, you know, there's nothing about it that has any biology, it's basically just made up. Uh, here, here's a fun fact. So we use the term Caucasian and, uh, it actually denotes superiority. Uh, they were believed that the Caucasians came from the Caucasus Mountains, where it was believed that Noah's Ark uh, grounded and that they were the superior and pure race that came down from the Caucasus Mountains. Um, if you do a word search and really dig in, it's not going to come right up on the top, but if you dig in, you know, a little another fun fact, the word Caucasian denotes superiority just in the term. And so when we talk about racial construct and, you know, last week I talked about, you know, black culture because we were our culture was intentionally stripped from us. Uh, when we talk about white and black, they're a term that denotes superior and inferior in the word Caucasian, you know, that we use still to this day, it denotes superiority. So when we talk about Black History Month and the importance of it and why we should have it, understand that um, systemic racism has deep roots and it's going to take more than just, I'm not a bad person because that is not how systems work. It doesn't 
matter about the quality or the content of your character if there's a system set up to benefit some and alienate uh, and take advantage of others. And so that's why it's important when we talk about, about Black history that we want to celebrate those accomplishments, but we also want to shine the light on the systemic ways that there's an imbalance in our country in the way that wealth and treatment and representation uh, and credit, those are important things. And I don't mean credit like a credit card. I'm talking about credit for uh, accomplishments. And so we have to understand that, that there is a, um, there's a system in place. So when you get some time, I want you to look up Bacon's Rebellion and then understand that those terms, white and black, as a reference to people did not exist until officially until 1681. So look that up, do some homework. F your couch, get up, get out, get armed with some knowledge. All right.